Hey there, leader. Today, today is September 8th, and today on Leadership Lost and Found, we're going to be talking about leading with difficult people, how to influence them, how to change them, and how to change them. Today, in this day in history, as is our tradition... Which is two months overdue, by the way. Which is two months overdue. I had scheduling conflicts. I'm a very important person right now. <laughs> I have very... I'm sorry. I have many leather-bound books in my apartment smells of rich mahogany. Yeah. So uh, today in, uh, in history, Gerald Ford pardoned Richard M. Nixon. And when you want to talk about difficult people and difficult decisions around difficult people, that has to be one of the most monumental in United States history. Yes. In that case, they had to change the people. <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody understanding change the people? You change the people or change the people we're very subtle that way yeah all right so as usual my friend let's uh let's frame this up frame it for us well so we need to talk about leading difficult people and by the way we all myself included had our moments of being difficult people i stand aghast yeah this is my shock, <laughs> shock. <look. gasps> really but uh, when i first you started thinking about okay leading with difficult people it's like i've never been difficult and then i realized no anybody that says i've never been difficult actually probably has been very difficult at some point and even a passive person can be difficult yeah. right like oh he's totally laid back have you ever wanted to throttle your best friend who's laid back yeah you were gotta get to dairy queen man get up <laughs> let's go i got a friend his name is pete um that's his real name and, uh, you know, you tell that guy, we called him the human parachute. You tell him to brush his teeth faster, and he'd go, okay. And he'd just say, yeah. mother, let's go. Do it faster. All right. I am. <laughs> I am doing it faster. Right. Yeah. Well, difficult people are all around us, and sometimes they are in our own teams. Sometimes we are the people leader of difficult people, and sometimes we are difficult people. But the point being is that we all have those moments and we all have those people. So how do we recognize them? How do we influence them? What do we do when we recognize them? And Well, let's start with that. Let's start with how do you recognize somebody who is a difficult person? What does that mean? Well, first, are they systematically, uh, systemically mm -hmm. difficult? Or is this suddenly out of the blue? You know, let's take Jane just as a, you know, just a simple name jane i'm nodding for the record yeah, yeah. I, was, I was nodding right like jane's a good name jane, let's use jane's that. a good name we don't have anybody that we manage named jane so all the women out there who are thinking oh he's talking about me no it's jane so um jane starts being difficult she's never really been difficult but suddenly you start getting complaints about somebody that you never really got complaints about before jane could be going through a season we can go through a season of difficulty um and we're not really talking about that. You can identify someone that suddenly becomes difficult. You can identify a catalyst. And you can see, okay, this person just... And, and difficult doesn't mean a change in behavior. I'm sorry. I apologize to, to interrupt you there, Randy. Yeah. It, difficult doesn't mean that their behavior has changed because they could suddenly become very passive. They could become gregarious or they could become whatever. But difficult means in the con in the term that we're talking or in leadership yeah. is that they're in some way impeding progress, right? Yeah. That's there how you're go. gonna you're yeah. gonna call them out and go, I, I've got a difficult person because I need to get to point A and between me point A is Jane. Don't 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 I don't know. Well I've got a band that follows <laughs> me around. I've always wanted sound effects and background music in my life. 
be awesome. <laughs> well, Jane is, is suddenly difficult, challenging, whatever. And the idea is you need to find out what's made Jane that way. Maybe you get complaints about other team members. Maybe you see it yourself. I know I've had that situation here recently where a number of people are complaining about a particularly individual. This, this person happened to be a new individual to the team. And people were just really having a problem with that person. And you got to quickly assess, okay, is this who this person really is or is it a situational person? Because you don't have the, le- the, the, the benefit of knowing this person for long term. Well, it, it, there's a lot here, right? And I'm, and I'm with you. And you got to do that assessment. Are they difficult because that's their personality, right? They're a prickly person. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a, a neighbor who lived near us that when we used to ride by in the go-kart, he would sh- take a shovel full of dog poo and fling it at us, right? Cause <laughs> like, a, was, like a monkey in <laughs> the zoo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were hooligans, right? And, and he was just a difficult, cantankerous person. There's no yeah. way through it. Um, the other side of that is that is this person not understand the goal, right? Mm. And, the, and there's the leadership challenge. And I think you get that cantankerous person. We could talk about the other side of change, right? Yeah. right? Getting rid of them, moving them on, moving them up, moving them out, whatever it is. But if they don't understand that goal, that's a whole nother set of leadership challenge that you've really got to face as a leader. Well, and you've got to engage them in conversation. It's a, it's a dialogue. And it's, it's not being afraid to have that direct conversation, you know? Jane, what's going on with you? There seems to be a problem. There seems to be an impediment. You seem to be having. Um, I, I mean, you know. if so, let's let's war game that out for everybody here who's ever had to do this or is fearing to do this, right? I I I'm Jane. Hello. I don't know why I'm British, but she is. Jane's British. So, and you come to me and you say. As you were saying. Jane, why are you being a pill? No. Ew, I love pills. And suddenly I'm David Bowie. God, I can't do this British. But you you, 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 you do your inroads and go, yeah. Jane, we're, we're getting comments. We're struggling a little bit. And she goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not difficult. And a matter of fact, this is a true story. I had an employee, in case she identifies with this, we'll, we'll use a... Um, a gender neutral name, Chris, we'll call this person Chris. Chris, um, I went to Chris and said, hey, we're, we're having some complaints. Like at one point he told a, a project team lead that he'll be done when he's done for mm-hmm. his deadline. When I'm finished is when I'm done, right? That sort of yeah. stuff. And I said, hey, we're, I'm getting some complaints around your, your attitude and your ability to actually you know, drive towards the goal. And I said, what seems to be the problem? And I'm not kidding. He leaned in, leaned in, or she leaned in and said, everybody around me is a moron. Ooh. They're all stupid. And I was like, you know, I sit right across from you, right? <laughs> and he just stared at me, right? <laughs> Which he may or may not have been right, but what, what would you do in a situation like that with a Chris who literally recognizes or refuses to recognize that they're at the root of the problem? Well, that jumps to the end, like the last option. Your, your whole goal in dealing with a difficult person is to change the person, change the situation, change the outcome. Okay, so what's your first step? Well, one, you, you can't, you can't um, address, attack them personally, right? It's situational. Yeah. It's okay. Hey, Chris, uh, Jane says you smell bad. Yeah. Jane says you're a jerk. That's not what you do, right? You say, Chris... Had a situation, you 
You or miss, your actions are screwing us up. The example you gave, Chris, you're missing your project deadline. The project manager says they don't know when you're going to be done, and it looks like you're going to miss it. Can you help me understand what's going on? And again, asking those open-ended questions to get Chris to engage. Now, if Chris continues to say, they're not a problem. Everyone's around them stupid. Everybody's, you know, no, nobody knows what they're doing. Um, asking Chris a question like, well, what would good look like to you, Chris? Yeah, I like that. What would good, what does finished look like to you, Chris? To get to an understanding because maybe Chris is brilliant. Yeah. And Ma is, maybe he is. And as a matter of fact, or she, yeah, uh, was brilliant and might also have been a member of Mensa. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. May or may not. Well, yeah. but but you, you you find out, okay, do they know what good looks like? Do they know what finished looks like? Do they know what the team looks like? Would you recommend for leaders on here to do a role play, not like we just, not like we just did. But, <laughs> no, no, terrible You accent. know, to say, you know, Chris, with a deadline that we're about to miss, what would you recommend we do? How would you see yeah. your way clear? And let me, and then you frame it a little and say, do you think that's an effective tool or does that just cause a difficult person to turtle up? Well, it'll help you realize, are they, are they part of the solution or are they indeed part of the problem? Because if they know what good looks like, if they know what finished looks like, and they have a clear idea of that, you can, you can mix and match. Okay, they say it's not well-led, whatever. Who's the project manager? What, what's Sally doing leading the project? That sort of thing. But engaging in that dialogue to come to an understanding, and it's a dialogue. If Chris is not getting it, or if Chris indeed does get it and we're missing it, you want to find out. You hope you, you hire smart people. If yeah. Chris has been a smart person on your team for a while, maybe they do know something that you don't. And I think you said something to me earlier about working together to get a solution, mm -hmm. right? And so that, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Can you help me get there? What would you do? What's, the, what's a good way to engage that let's work together? Well, after you ask those questions, you say, okay, you need to give clear direction. Chris, we need yeah. to get to your finished product being delivered on this time or this uh, pro this uh, program uh, being uh, you know launched at, at a certain time and if he can agree to that right you agree to the expectations and then you just manage the outcome one of the things is you, is you make those expectations clear one of the best way to do that too is after you've engaged personally and tried to speak with them you put it in writing yeah because there's no ambiguity when you write it down. Chris, thanks for the conversation. I just want to follow up. We agreed on A, B, C. Are and, you good with that? And make no mistake, you might need that paper trail. There is nothing that human resources likes when you have to get to the second change. Right, right. Then and, a very crisp expectation setting documented And by the way, a, a good HR person is going to say, have you documented that? Right? Yeah. They're going to ask you that anyway. So you might as well go ahead and start that. And it, it's... You're hoping for the best, but you're planning for the worst. So when you put this in writing, it, it sends a very, it's also very different. It feels different when it's in writing. It's like, oh yeah, this is crystal clear. Yeah. We agreed to this. I can and, look at it and I can take it off. Right. right? It feels good to me as, as the person being coached. What role does, I guess I shouldn't ask this. I'm going to say it and then I want your commentary. I believe that the ego is a big driver in difficult people. Right? And, and if I'm going to put yeah. on my therapist hat, and I am not a therapist, nor am I qualified to one, but I played one once. And but I, we've been to lots of therapy. <laughs> right. Collectively, we got some great experience. Um, 
your ego gets in the way, and when you've got that ego getting in the way, it's usually something emotional. Yeah. Right? And so there's, there's a threat or there's a fear, anxiety that is in them causing them to be emotional. For Chris, I discovered that it was... Trying to make sure I don't identify Chris. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, especially for, as a male. It's, it's, no. <laughs> uh, for Chris, it was being, he had, because he was so very intelligent, and he was, mm-hmm. he did not want his position to be assailed as being the smartest guy in the room. Which, if you equate it, being the smartest guy in the room should also be somebody who can solve problems quickly, right? Sure. But he couldn't solve this problem quickly. And so... He created an external locus of control, well, I have control, and he blamed everyone else, right? Mm. And then he became obstinate and angry and all that. So I had mm-hmm. to, I hate to say it, because this was the wrong answer, I played to his ego. Mm. And I said, you're a smart guy, help me solve this. But that's, that's not, you're not playing to it. You, you, you need to work together toward a solution. Yeah, I know, and but I made him feel better about his smartness. I reef. I mean, I, I basically there, there, him. Patted yeah. the, those you can't see. I just patted Randy on the shoulder. <laughs> I'm a physical touch guy. <laughs> so I, it's so good. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling HR. Um, and and we got there. But yeah. I, what do you think about that? Is that am I on course? Because that's just my personal experience. I don't think you're off course by doing that. You're you're trying to as a leader. Your job is to get the different personalities, the different people on the team, and some people, carrots and sticks and money and title and, and ego stroking and whatever, that gets some people there. Yeah. And as long as you're not inconsistent um, in, in how you're treating people, you can adapt your leadership style to lead those folks. I had a conversation with someone here recently who is aspiring to be a, a VP level person. And I said, look, you need to act like you're that person already. And by the way, the person at that level, um, you can't be so territorial. You can't need pats on the back all the time. There are times when you're a VP that you just get your butt kicked that yeah. day. Yeah, and then you and stand on happens. the hill bloody all by yourself. And you yourself. come back the next day and nobody yeah. tells you good job because you get handed all the turds, yeah. right? And it's like... Well, being a leader is it's part of giving it. away all the applause right. and taking it all the blame. Absolutely is. And I said, look, as you make this transition from middle management to senior leadership... I said, you have to be able to put this aside. And I said, if you can't, you are never going to get there. No one is ever going to tap you and say you're ready because you can't put that aside and say, I need to set my own ego out of this. Now, back to Chris, you're stroking his ego. You're not stroking a senior level person. This is a mid-level person at max. Individual contributor. Right. And you're trying to get the skills, the, the, the widgets that they know done and completed which is your job as a leader and as long as you're not violating any moral clauses or any um treating them unfairly i, I think all- i'm with you i think the only thing is and this will harken back to some of our previous podcasts that two other people listening and my mom have all listened to yeah my is- family still doesn't listen by the way eventually when they do we'll have 10 of you out there it'll be <laughs> there'll be tens of people listening tens to us. Of people tens of people um is you got to be authentic Right. Yeah. I mean, it, there is in leadership that emotional connection, building trust, everything else. So if you see if every week I'm like, Randy, you're the best, Randy, you're the best, eventually you're going to see through it. Yeah. But you, you, so now and I'm going to bring this home to you and make it personal. You and I worked together many years ago with 
at an organization that we'll call Acme. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a payment processor or a mortgage company or a bank? Uh, and you can guess. You worked with an extremely difficult person. I did. And I got to witness angry Randy. Yes, you did. And I, 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 it's one of those moments I look back on and I go, you know, I... I, I want to ask this question yeah. before you go in there. Yeah. Is, and this is one of those behavioral interview questions. This was what you would consider not your shining moment, right? It no. It was a struggle. Yeah. Knowing what you know now, what would you do different? Or what do you do different now given what you went through? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I would have engaged that person personally. I, I would have taken So you did not engage that person personally? You No. What, what happened, that what you witnessed, was the blow up of yeah, I saw the letting end. it go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's one of these things that, by the way, I told this other person I was talking to. I'm like, look, if you get down and roll around in the mud with that person that's, that's bringing you down, Nobody and management wants. shows up, they go... What are those two people doing rolling around the mud? They don't care who started it. You both are muddy. That's all that matters. And guess what? It doesn't matter if she started it. You're both in the mud pit. You both get blamed for being in the mud pit. So I got in the mud pit and I shouldn't have. And I let, I let, I got drugged down because of it. And I failed. You know, and I think back being a difficult person, I was working for an industrial automation and engineering firm years ago. And we were, we were struggling. And, you know, I uh, posted a video on this about being a corner post. Like, you know, you go through difficult times. you gotta, you got to manage yourself. you got to weather the season that you're going through. And we were going through a difficult season. And I let it get to me. And I started being a pill. I was a difficult person. And I was in a leadership position. And it made things... You got I, money. It, it made things horrible, I know, for, for the senior leaders there. And I look back now and I go, I'm ashamed of what happened there. And I go, I can't let that ever happen again. I don't, I don't want that to happen again. So how do you keep from that happening? One, governing yourself. What? What am I pounding on yeah, something? Yeah, pounding on it gives feedback to the mic. People can't hear what you're saying. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm, he's, he's, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting mad. I'm pounding the... <laughs> sorry. It's, uh, it's visual. See if we did videos. By the way, if you're listening to this and you want to see the video version of our podcast, let Jim know because I've been trying to tell him we need to do a YouTube Nobody version. wants to see that. The interaction would be good. It would be. Anyway. All right, anybody who thinks so that wants video, and we're deep enough into this podcast, there's only like three people. Four people. people at yeah, 18 right. minutes and 30 seconds, there's only like There's only like two people listening yeah. to my cat. Yeah. Um, let us know on LinkedIn. Yes. Send us a message. Please. And if you give us feedback, we'll know you're listening. Um, but after all this, you document it, you, you set, you come to the agreement, you write down the agreement, you monitor the progress. Are they aligned to it? Are they meeting those milestones? They agreed to it. You agreed to it. If they're still missing it, you've tried to change the people, the person. Yeah. Well, now you've got the paper trail to change the person. And it feels awful. Here, here's the thing. As a leader, especially in an organization, right, you have to do this. This is Leadership 101, is that you have to set goals. You have to track progress. You have to set expectations and you have to put it down somewhere it's why we do the check-ins it's why we do the reviews it's why you you know when you have a one-on-one -on -one, it's probably best if you have the time to recap anything important you say a one-on-one hey randy just want to say once again please try not to clip your toenails at your desk yeah right that sort of thing because you're gonna a it reinforces the message yes. with the person you're talking to and b and if my HRBP out there, whose name is 
CISA, <laughs> if she's listening, it makes their job so much, I won't say easier, but clear. Yeah. Because otherwise they're going to come to you and say, when you go, I got to get rid of Jane, right? Because not only do, is she you know, a difficult person, but I hate her English accent. She's got to go. I'm kidding. English accents are awesome. Just mine is horrible. Lisa loves English accents. <laughs> by the you know, your HRPP is going to say, I need you to start documenting. Yeah. Have you started when you go, no, they're going to look at you, tilt their head and go, what is, you know, poor leader, right. but get on and get it documented. Well, and when you get to the point where you've documented it, you're monitoring progress, they're failing, it's time to change the people. It's it's time now to have that difficult conversation and, and you manage up or manage out. Yeah. Your first hire, your first fire as a people leader will be a defining moment for you. Absolutely. The person that you just, the first person you decide to promote, they better be worth their salt, not your buddy. They better be worth your, their salt so that you're putting forth someone that no one can, can second guess that it's an obvious choice and you're putting forth the right people and you're getting rid of the wrong people. The, the first person I ever had to let go was awful and it was so awful, but instructive that when I was leading somebody else, when it finally came as a new manager and they had to let somebody go, I dragged them through it. Michael, I'm sorry, <laughs> but he had to, right? And I said, here's how you're going to document it. Yeah. Here's what I want it to look like. You need to have this conversation at this time and this time. And, and Michael will back me up on this. He'll say when he did it and he brought it to HR, they said, this is the best documented disciplinary approach we've ever done we are prepared to move forward with a you know a 15-day pip or whatever it was and they were gone right yeah it was painful for him because he didn't like the emotional interaction and everything he had to go through but he thanked me afterwards at least i think he did that it was instructive he then understood exactly what it meant when you make a bad hire What's the back end of that? When yeah. you make it, you know, this guy's aggressive as hell and that turns into a difficult person, you end up with a bad outcome. Well, and that's, that's one of the other side out, maybe a sidebar for this podcast is bad hires and what they cost you. It yeah. is better to take another two months of an empty chair than to put the wrong person in the chair. I agree. So tolerate it. Do whatever you need to get the right person. Don't settle. Don't settle. And keeping that sidebar going, a lot of people go, when this leader came in, he brought in his cronies. Mm -hmm. and air quotes well, that always them. happens. And it does. But the reason it happens is because when you have proven experience with somebody mm -hmm. and you know they can do what you want, you want that person right. there. Because Come here. I got it is you. so hard to hire somebody off the street that you don't know. I trust you. I know you. And here's the thing. We've all been, look, I've been on both sides. I've watched the cronies come in and I've been part of the cronies. I've been in service long enough that I've been on both sides of that. And I'll tell you, that happens all the time. Don't I'd like to go on record saying, I turned Randy into a crony. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was his gateway crony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, Jim was my gateway drug, my, my gateway drug into security. Um, but, but the last thing is when you recognize, okay, this situation's hopeless. One of the things you need to know, too, is well, there's only two options for us in corporate America. There's yeah. only two. We outgrow our company or our company outgrows us. Yeah, that is true. Those are the two options. And it's the same for all the people that you're leading. Your goal, hopefully, is to get them 
to outgrow you. You're growing them. They're, they're going to stick around longer than they normally. They're going to invest in you, whatever. But when the company outgrows an individual and you're asked to let them go, that's, that's where it's a really challenging but a defining moment for you as a leader. But again, your first hire, your first fire, those things matter. And you need to ha- handle them well. Yeah. And you can't handle them well if you don't document it. Agreed. And there's no shortcut. You know, the, the funny thing is, is you always hear about, you know, spacely space rockets. I'm dating myself. <laughs> Flintstone, you're fired. Or Jetson, you're fired. Right, Mr. Slate? You're Mr. fired. Mr. Slate. Right? What was the Jetson? Mr. Slate was at the Spacely Space Rockets, right? Mr. Spacely. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but there's no such thing in corporate America where, you, you know, Randy goes, Jim, you smell like bovine awful. And you go... You're fired in the work that way. You call up your HRBP, hopefully one as yeah. good as the one that I have, and you spend the next six weeks figuring out how you're going to do this. Yeah, right? it's never immediate. There's always a There's always a process. process. And you as a leader, especially with a difficult person, again, we're talking on the third change here, on the, the last thing, the third thing, the second yeah. change. you got to do the documentation. Hopefully, you've gone through the other stuff, which is you know identifying trying to create an emotional connection, figure out what it is, where that fear, that anxiety is. Mm-hmm. See if you can't, you, you can't necessarily solve it, but if you can identify it, right, and talk about it and get them to set it aside, right, then maybe you can turn that difficult person into somebody who's actually very helpful. And that's the goal. Manage up, manage out. You want to manage up, that's always the goal. Manage out is always the last solution. I, well, I, I say to my team, we have somebody that's struggling. You got to get them on down the runway and airborne or get them off the runway. Yep. Because we got other jets too. that got to go. Right? right. And and that's just it. And, and I like the analogy of get them down the runway and airborne. Right. Mm-hmm. Get them flying. And that it's a great thing because that's where I want them all to go. Yeah. The goal is to help your teammate, not isolate and... Um and destroy. And destroy Crush, your teammate. Kill, yeah. destroy. Yeah. For those of you lost in space fans. <laughs> If anybody knows the episode that is from, I'd love to hear it. If you could find the YouTube link for Crush, Kill, Destroy, I'd love to hear it because I've been dying to watch that episode again. Lost in Space, the Flintstones, the Jetsons. I am the, on a 1970 yeah. roll. <laughs> anybody want to talk banana splits? All right, Randy, I think that is our time. That is our time. Thank you guys for tuning in. And by the way, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or topics, please reach out to Jim and I directly on LinkedIn or via our work email address if you happen to know our very uh, poorly veiled identities. (laughs) Okay, well, what do we say now? What's the ending go? Uh, You guys. You guys. Oh, no, no, no. It's... I'm Randy Fields. And I'm Jim Desmond. And you guys keep keep leading. You'd think we'd know how to end it. Well, by by the way, there there were no breaks in this. We actually did not stop recording the entire time. It was one take. It was one take. 27 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Only one glass of bourbon. No wonder why it's so cozy. (laughs)